this. You ready, Chris? Let's, I, I am ready. We are rolling. This is episode 272 of No Laugh Track Podcast. My name is Justin Severson, the host. Circle of Heat uh, provided us the music there you just heard a bit of. We're here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota on a Thursday afternoon, and I'm here with Chris Bliss. Hello, Chris. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. You good? Yeah, I am good. It's, uh, it's Thursday. I've, I've, you know... Part of the work week is behind us. I don't work on Saturday. I don't have two shows Saturday like you do. I'm off Saturday. <laughs> well, it's great weather for comedy, that's for sure. It's, what, 30 degrees outside and just gray and just generally a little on the bleak side and with hints of winter coming soon to make it even worse. Yeah. And then, of course, your town fills up with people, with Super Bowl people, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, I think we've talked about, or maybe you don't know, I have a job... Um, one of my many jobs, I work over at the stadium, Vikings games, selling beers. Really? Yeah, cold beer here. The Super, obviously, you just brought it up. The Super Bowl is going to be here in Minneapolis. I've done this job so long. I worked the Super Bowl in 1992, like when I was still in high school. I worked the, So this will be my second Super Bowl, if I choose to work it. I just found out today, you know how... Uh, you know, there was that uh, awful shooting in Las Vegas, and people are worried about, you know, things happening at big events. Correct. So the rumor I'm hearing, um, since you brought this up, it, uh, they want us, the early rumors, is I'm going to have to, my report time for the Super Bowl, the game's usually at 5.30 in the afternoon, 8 a.m. 8 a.m., Chris. 8 a.m. to go to work for 5.30 because of all the security concerns. That's almost like the PGA Tour. You it's, know, those guys are those guys have presidential level security. Do they really? Oh uh, yeah, they're all millionaires. Well, yeah. And the security at those PGA events, I mean, it's very because between the millionaires and the and the and the billionaires they're rubbing elbows with and stuff. I mean, I never saw uh, for any sporting event that kind of that kind of security presence. It was you know people talking into their lapels yeah, and yeah. stuff, and it was like wow, I can't believe how many people have all the you know. Stay away from so you know. Right, right. So I'm. Uh, I just found that out yesterday. So now I'm thinking. I don't know if I'm willing to put in that much uh, commitment for one day. Eight a.m. I don't know. That seems crazy. But we're here to talk about you. You know, we had a guy. Uh, I used to go to Redskins games when I was a kid because my dad had season tickets because oh. the team sucked and nobody had season tickets <laughs> in those days. Okay. Right? Oh, I didn't uh, know this. And then many years later, there was this one guy who, uh, uh, this guy with his booming baritone voice who would sell these balloons, which was uh, Mickey Mouse inside of another balloon. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen those. And it was Mickey Mouse in a glass house with, you know, something to keep the kitties happy, right? Yeah. That was his sales pitch. And uh, it turned out he'd been selling heroin all those years. Oh, my God. What? it wasn't just Mickey Mouse in the glass house. (laughs) So, so. That's your story about your work at the Super Bowls reminded me of that <laughs> oh my as to what you've actually been doing all these years. So, what was the? Uh, I want. I'm, who were the? Uh, who were the? Did they have any stars when you were going to games? Redskins games? Uh, Sonny Jurgensen. Honestly, I, you Sonny know what? Jurgensen, I want to stop there. Robinson. I don't like saying Redskins. I'm against that. That's the name of their team. I'm just going to say Washington. Oh, uh, okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, and and uh, 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 yeah, and, and that's amazing, right there, isn't it? That they still can do that, I... and not just can, but want to. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, 
it's more a matter of self-correction than anything else at some point. I don't think too many I, – I, 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 to the majority of Native Americans, it's not the most important issue out there that they're facing. No, no. On really. the other hand, you know, why not clean up your – you know. Exactly. Why, you know, you clean up after your dog. Once in a while, <laughs> you can clean up after your history. Exactly. You know. Uh, rednecks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're allowed to talk about our people, though, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Members of our tribe. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I just can't believe what's uh, the whole. Th- I mean, you know, uh, I mean, two words, Roy Moore. Yeah. Three words, Senator Roy Moore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time there was a pedophile in Congress, but it'd be the first time somebody got elected after, you know, after coming out. <laughs> One way or another, forcibly or otherwise, you know, running on it, mm-hmm. running on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a. And then, and then Al, come on. It, I, Al Franken. I know. Yeah. We're, we're in the state. We're in the yeah. state. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy these days. You you go you go on. Uh, you know, you you pick up the news, and it's a new. Uh, Somebody different every day. I, just I, makes I, you realize how powerful you aren't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's true. You're on Facebook, right? Uh, does that make me powerful? Really? I could get away with that stuff if I was? No, but uh, I was just thinking that, uh, like today, I, you know, I was looking at Facebook earlier today, and it has that, uh, you know, your memories. And the memories, you've seen that, right? Where, uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, Maybe. You know, well, they uh, it'll do a thing where like it's sort of and like it just takes any photo you've uploaded to Facebook and shows it's like your you. your this day in Facebook history, like yeah, yeah. you know, so right on November. What so if today? I posted something on something something date, it'll throw it back at me like ah, your memories exactly. No, those are my Facebook posts. I make I made up most of that shit to begin with. <laughs> None of it's real. Yeah, well, one came up in mine today, and you see these pictures, and it was me misbehaving in Las Vegas, and you start thinking like. Did I? No, I, I no, no. I mean, I maybe I was drunk, but I, I, I still know good, right from wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's there's evidence of me being a drunken buffoon when I used to work in radio and we'd go there and party with all the listeners. And you see that, like, oh no, nope, nothing there. Just maybe embarrassing. Like, there's well, a picture of me but, with a pantyhose uh, on my head, know, Chris. But that's but that's not quite the same thing as as uh, getting spiffed up so you can cruise the mall. No, no, you know, I, no, the Gadsden no. Mall. No. I mean, you know, it's uh, uh, and I'm not excusing your behavior. <laughs> All right, let's just make that very clear. I didn't have a lampshade on my head. I had yeah. a pantyhose, but it did happen. I'm him here to confess. There's photographic evidence. <laughs> I think I, you would. Here's the thing: you would be hard pressed to find a woman that uh, has not had uh, m- many unwelcome encounters, mm-hmm. and you would probably be hard pressed to find a guy who hasn't at least once done something. You know that it just went, oh, what? You know, you know, drunkenly kissed somebody. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think. Thank God that's why we drink, so we don't remember it the next day. <laughs> Isn't that right? And, and that's not really a defense, but no. but there's no winning road to have in this in this conversation here. No, no. Um, uh-uh. 
No, I'm curious about, uh, you know, I mean, the news, just like the news cycle really, you know, it drives a lot of what we're talking, you know, what people talk about daily, what uh, changes can be made, uh, you know, to, well, so, I so bad down, things don't happen. When the, when the Louis C.K. story came out, I copied down, I went to like CNN, and there were like five different bullet point headlines. Louis A.K. says these stories are too. These cancer, you know, movie canceled. Other stars speak out, right? And I thought, talk about masturbating in public. You know, this entire page was just CNN having its Louis C.K. wank. You sure. know, for the trending arrow, and mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I didn't get uh, it. It was just so ridiculous that that could dominate uh, that much of a news cycle. I mean, not just ridiculous, but artificial, mm-hmm. because they're just getting you know you, you getting the pure purian interest for the click throughs. Sure, I. Uh, it's also ama- it amazes me how fast a cycle move. Uh, you know, there's a new one and brought to our attention. Every, it could be you know just as soon as you pick up your phone again. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Boy, it has been lately. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, Oh, what, what? French fries have entered the room. You may have some. So <laughs> no, no, I, I'm okay. I'm curious. What did I want to know while you're uh, dipping a fry there? Uh, where do you a normal day for Chris Bliss? You get up in the morning. Get up in the morning. Uh, uh, before I want to, you know, um, start thinking. Just my start thinking about all the. Um, little crap that I really should do that, you know, that just continually adds up over the course of a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Despair over the condition of the world a little bit because, you know, that's how I like to kill time, (laughs) you know. Uh, uh, Make coffee, walk dogs. That's a good part of your day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And uh, and then just... uh, start going through the pile whatever's in the pile it's not it's not you know uh it because of the between the some i think i have organizational difficulties i think that's what it is like like weinstein and by the way isn't josh luckier than he ever realized that he never pronounced that last name weinstein <laughs> i mean uh-huh. again that's who, how thin who of a knew thread, until 2017 that's how thin of a thread your happiness can hang from <laughs> But Josh, you know, I mean, there's a guy very productive, very organized. Yes, you know, that's why he's a good director, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and not to mention stand up, yeah, uh, and writer of many things. So, uh, you know, but but me, I kind of, you know, I would say I sort of uh, do kind of emotional surfing most of the day. Okay, you know, across the, you know, the way that I'm looking at things, trying to, I, I'm always trying to figure out what it is that's making me feel that something's wrong and then you try to f- and then and and then l- try and figure out what that thing is uh and then l- uh look into it because trusting that I'll find something of value by figuring out what it is that bothers me about that thing mm-hmm. you know in other words uh, i mean I, I, if you were a doctor you or if you felt bad you'd be going oh something's wrong in here you know so i always find myself in my if what process i have seems to go from how, okay well what is it that's wrong here how can this be worked out i mean that's that's the loop that my brain runs in okay where are you living now live out in las vegas you right do now. you are still in las vegas okay yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and so, uh, but but there's a lot of stuff to do. I mean, this monument work, you know about that, the Bill of Rights Monument yeah. Project. And, uh, project and, uh, that's been a lot of work, and we were working on an event that unfortunately didn't come together this last year with uh, a tribute to Dick Gregory, which was so sad because Dick died in yeah. August, and we were very close to getting that together. And, and the benefit was to uh, help raise money to put the Bill of Rights up in Montgomery, Alabama. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful idea, and that didn't happen. Oh, wow. Uh, we're active in Oklahoma now. That's going uh, pretty well. Anheuser-Busch gave us $25,000. That's wow. pretty nice. Uh, we need to, it's really good because the uh, the design money is the hard money to get. But that work is really hard. Sometimes an email, when you're trying to get people to write checks, that email can take me a day to write that email, you know, to whoever or make – I mean, it's – for me personally, it's – to just constantly have to dredge sincerity out of my soul, <laughs> you know. I mean, dredge it's, sincerity. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, it's like, wow. I think we, you know. So I'm writing that down. I love that yeah, line. Well, but but dredge. it is a challenge, and it's the opposite of being funny, you know. <laughs> I mean, not that not that good humor doesn't have a sincere base uh, from the comic, but but. You know, a lot of things pop into your head that you just go, I can't, I don't know this, I can't say this to this person. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, this is this is wrong, this is, and then after a while, so you're sort of shutting down that voice that's the most fun voice. Like, we had a project, we did the first monument, you already know this, and, and some of your listeners may remember me telling the story before, but we completed the first one in Arizona, at the state capitol in Phoenix in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at one point I was considering going to uh, uh, some of the, the state historical commission and going, you know, uh, uh, the, I, the joke was maybe we should have uh, a, a Spanish version up here as well because pretty soon those people are going to be in the majority and I want them to know my rights when that happens, uh-huh. you know. But that's the joke, and you can't ever say that to anybody, you know, because they won't take it as a joke. Yeah. You know, and so you have to, like, put that away and go, uh, as a matter of fact, you're going to have to erase that from the podcast now. You see, I mean, that can't be out there, me saying things like that. So, uh, But it's supposed to be fun, and it really is fun. And when you really get people and the people that have been attracted to that project uh, are, are really have been just a really great set of people. So I've met all these uh, really interesting people very much about, you know, common ground, positive messages, human rights, you know, freedom of speech, obviously. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to do that work. But that's my day. It's just if it sounds chaotic, maybe it's just meant my process is chaotic. I don't know, or I just, you know, I'm jealous of guys like Josh. But you know, I like the way I roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since you brought up Josh, we should quickly mention that uh, give it some attention. His the movie that we've talked about when yeah, you guys have been here together. I've talked to him many times now on the podcast about his movie that's coming out finally next month. I need you to kill. It's going to be available all over the place on demand. And uh, and your listeners w- are really going to enjoy it. Yeah. Because uh, you feel like you're on stage with these guys. It's oh, really a successful project. Yes. And, it, you know, and the guys involved, it makes them all look, and rightfully so, it makes them all look great. They, they all come across as the funny, talented, uh, you know, amazing artists that they are it's oh it's so good it's and it's weird because you know not normal when have i ever been in this position where i saw something before it came out and get to know have the kind of the inside scoop and it's just the most fun thing 
And then, of course, there's Yoda. Yoda? Yeah, Yoda. Yoda Lee. Oh, yes. Yoda so, uh, Lee. There's the, there's the voice of wisdom running through the film. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is, you know, we it's, his name comes up here a lot, Louis Lee, the owner of Acme, but people don't, uh, and, uh, you know, I think he likes it that way, that people don't know too much about him, but you're going to get a glimpse when you see that movie. There's no doubt. Um and uh, yeah, so so it's going to be it's a great time of year too. It's I think coming out just before the holidays mm-hmm. or actually in the middle of the holidays kind of is great and uh, and uh, it's a really fun film. So yeah, I'm uh, I want to go back to your uh, the Bill of Rights stuff that you do. What do you when you come out like uh, let's you know any state let, just it doesn't matter which state, but you you think that you come up with a state that doesn't have a monument like you feel that they should. What's your sales pitch? Well, the first thing is I, I want to, in every instance, there's been places where I had an advantage so I could go go forward and do it. Uh, we got permission in Alabama because I'd been working with Dick Gregory, and I was uh, thought if we did a tribute, you know, if I got permission, got the site at the Capitol, we've got both those things. Did a major tribute, had the African-American community come out to do a tribute for Mr. Gregory and uh, help put the Bill of Rights up at Montgomery where he finished the march from Selma. To me, that was, uh, you know, poetic and a, and a punchline, too. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow. And, and also just a beautiful thing to do because they just finally had taken the Confederate flag down from that capital, you know, and they want to turn the page there. Yeah. You know, uh, in Oklahoma, where we're active, I'd had four or five different people from the state, and I had a connection through somebody who ran the committee in, in, on the Arizona project and went to school at Stillwater in Oklahoma, it doesn't take more than five or six committed people who are those kind of people, community leaders people, to actually run an effort like this on a local basis because we don't do the fundraise, we do the process. Okay. Fund, money's raised locally, controlled locally, designs are chosen locally. Uh, these aren't cookie cutters that all look different. Sure. But I want, but I could get, I could get 20 states to give us permission but i just have a bunch of resolutions i wouldn't have any funding i wouldn't have any designs i wouldn't so strategically the right way to do it is pick your spots pick the ones you think you can complete each one adds uh, a brick to the you know a a tile to the mosaic and pretty soon people are going wow you know they've done this at three state capitals already how about you know it, it could be a beautiful thing for us to have we become part of this national collection we re we help redefine america about uh you know what what our deepest common values are you know with this universal document I yeah mean, so so it's very it's i mean it's high concept uh but simple also it's only 500 words it's just the bill of rights and state capitals because every school kid in the state goes to their state capital on a school field trip absolutely you know it's the first direct encounter with them this is how democracy works you know uh-huh and uh and not a bad place to, you know, for the people who work in those buildings to walk by the Bill of Rights once in a while. Yeah, a little so, reminder. No doubt. Pays to advertise, you know. <laughs> what, uh, how about Minnesota? I don't have the interest group here yet. Uh, you know, I, uh, be- because of how difficult it is to do these projects, just because public art project is a, you, it's a minimum two, two and a half year commitment, you know. Uh, and, uh. If I don't have the core, I'm just uh, spending – you know, right now I just want to finish Oklahoma. They've given us a fantastic site, 
Uh, I think two will be way more than twice one. Having two completed really will start to tell the story a Good. lot better. Good. And uh, then go back to the comedy community like uh, we did with the other benefits and see if we can, uh, you know, do something for uh, some other state someplace. And, you know, just nothing succeeds like success. So it's trying to, it's it's much more strategic thing. And, you know, this would be for me, like Josh with his films. That's really hard work. Yeah. It's a, these are multi-year projects with no guarantees of success on the end yeah. of them. Uh, but they're art projects, and then and, and they're heart projects, and they're really, you know, so I, I think that's one of the touchstones between Josh and I is that, uh, or Josh and me, between <laughs> me, yeah, between Josh and me, uh, because we've both gotten involved in these, like, thing, well, I'm finishing this, you know, and... Uh, and that part of it uh, appeals to me as an artist because it's also a very public process. Sure. Uh, do, you, do you ever hear of Christo? No. Christo was the guy who wrapped buildings and coastline and all this kind of stuff. You should see his stuff. These were public art projects that would go on for like he wrapped part of the coast of California, like 12 miles of it, wrapped it in fabric, wrapped the John Hancock building in Chicago. I don't think it was the Hancock building. Wrapped it in fabric, right? Okay. And if you see these crystal works with the, and built this fence across through the wine country and everything and this decorative fence that changed in the sun, in the days of the sunlight, you know, in the, at the hours of the day, you should see his work because it's on a scale. But the interesting thing about his work that's on this geographic scale is it's also on the scale of he had to go to a hundred different uh, landowners and communities and talk to people and go, this is what we're trying to do to get these photographs, to get this thing, to do this installation. It's a project. We need your help and cooperation and land. And that was the artwork. The artwork was getting all the people together. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? that makes sense. And then delivering something that his stuff's really, a lot of it's it's beautiful. I mean, it, it is beautiful, you know. Uh, even if it's even if it might be uh, I, I don't know if it you know it's the same concept over and over but delivered pretty well yeah but the but the story of bringing people into it so that's and film's very collaborative medium and public art in public spaces this monument project's very collaborative medium so that part of actually you know being part of forming a community that gets something done that part's pretty great. What when uh, earlier the, it was this year? Everything happened so fast. I think it was this year when it had to have been when all the uh, statues are being knocked down in the the Confederate statues. Yes, I mean that when that was happening, that must have you know you must have got excited going. See, look at there's there's things out here. Well, that, that don't I mean, rep- you know? Let's leave this in the past. Move on. Let's get monuments for things that matter that we can all stand. Well, behind. I mean, I. Th- that's a pretty big debate about what should be done with those uh, statues the, uh, and, and those representations. The other part of that narrative is that those were those were uh, put up as acts of defiance. You know, most of those statues. I mean, you know, uh, nobody was putting up statues of Confederate generals in 1870. You know. You weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, then. okay, yeah. Uh, and quite a lot of those displays were put up uh, uh, while the civil rights movement was uh, uh, gaining strength. So it was As, as in, statements of, uh, in your face. of secessionism, yeah. of, white, of uh, white separatism. Yeah, awful. Know? So there is political context with those statues that has much more to do with the 1960s and the 1860s. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And people don't know that either. So it's like if you could get the narrative out, if you could get the story out, there's a uh, uh, 
and, and at least get the truth out, you know, um, and, and let people deal with it. But we don't have the truth on the other side of the equation. Uh, your audience needs to uh, uh, Google this term, uh, Google Black Wall Street, and, and look at that if you want to learn something that you didn't know about <clears throat> um, um, mass shootings in the United States. And another one that's uh, really... Uh, uh, worth looking into. I, oh, you just wrote that one down. Mm -hmm. uh, is uh, there's a guy named Brian Stevenson? He has a wonderful TED talk called uh, about injustice, or it's about an injustice or something. B R Y A N Stevenson. But he also runs something called EJI.org. It's the Equal Justice Initiative. He's one of these people that was would go in and defend, uh, you know death row clients on appeals you know just he was a death penalty lawyer in the south which is you know hard duty <laughs> yeah um, uh-huh i'd say and he has created in montgomery a national lynching memorial to tell the story about lynchings in the south wow and it's just just the fact i mean it, it, that's a wow isn't it yeah you know and if you see how he's done it and how impactful and how you, if you see the way it's done you just go that is Really, you know, and because his thing is truth and reconciliation. Now, I'm not sure the country wants reconciliation right now, so in which case it has no need for truth, but still, you know. Wow. Uh, to me, that's the greatest concept to come out of the 20th century was truth and reconciliation. I like that. You know, but that's for me a political concept, I would say. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not talking about the big gulp or, you know, the iPhone or <laughs> is that a concept? That's a gadget. Yeah, I guess. How was, uh, well, I, I got one review of your shows this week. I, when I got here, I ran into Brian Miller, comedian Brian Miller. Said he was here in attendance last night and said the show was great. Yeah, but I mean, consider the source. You know, <laughs> I mean, no offense, Brian, but really, <laughs> really. He's just trying to suck up to me. You know the way that is. Right, right. Yeah. I think he's well. I, Nate Abshire is working uh, with you this week as well, right? Nate's here, and uh, what's Robert's Burrill? Oh, Robert Burrill. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. And and uh, and easy on the eyes for you women, <laughs> right? Or for well, yeah. I will forever be connected to Robert Burrill because in the beginning, one of the early scenes in "I Need You to Kill" is him on stage here oh. at Acme mentioning No Laugh Track podcast. That is true. I remember him. Now I remember. I think that's the first time I met him was I saw him on screen. Yeah. I apologize for eating during the interview. <laughs> Only because of the coughing fit that <laughs> happened. What uh, I was going to ask you, I wrote some of my notes here. and things I was going to ask you about. Um, you're a bright guy. I bet you read books. In fact, I know you read books. Because I saw you had one sitting on the table here before we uh, got started. Oh, that's just a... No, this is just my conversation starter. Oh. <laughs> this is what I like to take up to <clears throat> first class with me. Yeah, right. I bet. Uh, when, I'm, uh, when I've been upgraded. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's uh, actually, I lent this to Lewis. Uh, oh, you're just getting it back. Yeah, just getting it back, but... I said, do you know where that book is, Lewis? And, and he couldn't find it anywhere. And it's because his housekeeper hid it because of the title. Oh. She thought it was, she thought it was a, you know, and it's Dick Gregory's autobiography. And you're going to have to Google it to get the title. 
because I'm allowed to say redneck, but I can't say the title of this book. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. But what you were uh, give give a quote about uh, that you said before when we started before we started recording. You said he dedicated it. Oh, he dedicated it to his mom. He said to my mother, wherever you are, the next time you hear this word, you'll know they're talking about my book. That is just fantastic. <laughs> that is just fantastic. And if you can't, if you, really, if you haven't guessed the name right now, then, wow. <laughs> then don't read the book because it will mean absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Any other stuff? So what are you reading? Any any book recommendations for us? I read, yeah, you know, uh, uh, what I kind find of stuff myself, do you like? I, I read mostly essays and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, um, uh, Watch a lot of, of documentaries, which is uh, my wife's just started watching a ton of documentaries. It's so interesting. She's not, she's not American. She's Brazilian. She calls me up uh, a while back and she goes, uh, uh, "Now I'm now I'm how can I blank on him? Uh, give me the uh, great uh, left wing intellectual, one of the great left wing intellectuals." Oh, that does documentaries? Uh, Noam Chomsky. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. My wife, Daisy, from Brazil, calls me up and goes, Chris, Chris, have you ever heard this guy, Noam Chomsky? This guy's brilliant. <laughs> it's like, yes, you're right, honey. He, sh- he sure is, you know. So, But Joan Didion. Read some Joan Didion. Okay. Uh, there's a great uh, uh, documentary with her. She must be, uh, you know, 91 years old or something. She's ancient. Great essayist, great uh, American chronicler of, of of American life and life in general. So, and and I read, you know, just I also sift through journalism trying to because it's all like a Sudoku puzzle of trying to figure out. <laughs> let me see. Well, how many words in this sentence were true in the sense that they were being used? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like you need a decoder ring to to. Uh, to get anywhere these days. Yeah, yeah. And then that just makes you very suspicious. Uh, I guess that works, though. You know, if you just uh, if you just tell nothing but whoppers, pretty soon people don't know what's what's true anymore, right? That, that's anything, true. Anything becomes plausible. Sure. Uh, that's never worked with women for me, <laughs> you know. No, honey. No, how, I was kidnapped. Have you? How did you meet a, a woman from Brazil? That you ended up marrying. I don't know if you've ever told. Is there a good story there? Um, sure. Well, I, uh, I met Daisy uh, in she w- in the parking lot of a comedy club in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and um, she had gone there because she'd never been to a comedy club before. But they put those things in all the condos, right? Eight free tickets, right? And she thought a bunch of her friends were going to show up, and she was the only one that came. Oh, okay. And she was way overdressed, you know, and wore it well. Okay. She didn't know. She thought she was going out for the night. Yeah. And um, That's interesting. <laughs> and it was love at first sight, which is beautiful, except I was married, and she was engaged to be married. So, Oh, my goodness. once, you know, we, once, once we put out those contracts. Right. You know, once we tied up the loose ends. It's been 27 years of pure bliss. Yeah. Uh, my friends call us the battling Bickersons because we're a couple of intense people. but we don't, And that's why we don't take it seriously. Okay, well, that's good. 
The how works about for you? you. How about you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm also on my second, your second marriage? Yes. Yes, me Daisy's as well. first. Okay, yeah, me as well. My wife's first, my second. Um, yeah, we met in a parking lot at a comedy. No, we didn't meet in a parking lot at a comedy club. Well, you know, <laughs> these, other, these other guys are down here and they're talking about how hard dating is, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other two acts. That's Robert and Nate. And I was telling oh, but, them, yeah, I bet. I was telling them, you think dating's hard. Try dating after you're married. <laughs> that is complicated, you know. Not recommended. You got to call her out of trig class all the time, <laughs> right? And you didn't have an app to meet people. Um, I still don't. Which I guess I, I I know they're there, but I still don't have one. I guess I should get one and see how that works for me. No. Um, which way is rejecting them? Swi- is that swipe left? I, I don't know. Is that? I don't yeah. want to know. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to know. No. I don't want to know. I uh, well, we were briefly talking. I think before, it was before, right before we started recording. You were asking me how things are going for me, and I was telling you a story about what happened to me last night. We, my wife and I, were uh, went to the Timberwolves game, got some free tickets to go see some basketball, and on the way there, uh, she told me some news that disappointed me, and I did my normal reaction to hearing disappointing news where I stayed quiet and then she asked me what was wrong and i said nothing and then she asked again what was wrong and i said nothing and then she said you know your people say this is what women do you're acting like a woman and now did she say woman or did she say whiny little bitch (laughs) because i was thinking whiny little bitch (laughs) nothing nothing's wrong nothing well, that's probably what she was actually saying, but was being nice. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're probably accurate there. Yeah. And I kept thinking, you know what's upsetting me, and you just you're just me making something. me say it out loud to, I don't know, to continue this or something? I don't know what. I don't want to mention it. And then I, you know what, and then I did, and uh, we ended up having an enjoyable night. Everything got out of the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm... But, that's it's an interesting thing in relationships where you um i don't know she has the ability and i i assume most a lot of people do this where like if i'm the first one that's upset about something then it and like it'll end up changing then where i'm the one like if i'm upset about something which rarely happens because she's nearly perfect but then <sighs> that's she <laughs> then all of a sudden it like in the in the so at some point during the conversation trying to figure out well you know you know how we can fix this or whatever then it flips and all of a sudden i'm uh the one that's getting defensive instead of the one that she was going to be defensive at first you know what i'm saying does that make sense well but that sounds like a perfect balance of power a couple of neurotic people getting along yeah 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 so that doesn't that, that doesn't that doesn't sound so terrible <laughs> that, that's good and like i said it, it all worked out and the timberwolves won um, Daisy and I, uh, um, for about five years, I didn't understand a, a fucking word she said. Mm-hmm. I, I read why immigrants are really a good, a good backup plan if you're not able to get along with people that actually speak your language. <laughs> you know, you go, you go the native route like uh, I did. Yeah. And uh, then I taught her English, so of course she, she, she you know. Nothing's what I told her, so I'm the only person she can talk to. It's, it's, worked, it's, worked, it's worked out very well. That's great. 
Daisy is somebody that uh, uh, I was telling you this. She's she's positive by act of will, not because you know, just because. I mean, she actually does wake up in the morning and she said she, uh, and say our life uh, and say a uh, uh, good morning, beautiful sun, and how are you today, in in Portuguese. Oh wow! Bom dia, linda sol, and da 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 da. Right which she took from some kid that she grew up with, right? And she actually used to tell me all the time, because I'm a spoiled wasp, you know, American 1950s ruling class white boy, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Chris, you know what your biggest problem is? No, Daisy. You have no problems. Ah. You don't know what problems are, you know? Uh-huh. That's a good perspective. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's, you know, I mean, right now, that's true. I mean, I've got some mental obstacles that I can make as big or small as I choose, but problems, problems? You know? Yeah, that's a good way. Healthy, happy. Got a week at Acme? Doing, yeah, got a week at Acme. Uh, doing your show? Hey, you know. Uh, uh, but so um, gratitude's a good thing to remember, you know, uh, uh, occasionally when you want to feel sorry for yourself. And you're not going to be very funny if you're feeling sorry for yourself, are you? No, you know, no. You know, it doesn't work on stage either. So. Uh, and Daisy has a wicked sense of humor, too, but that's a whole other night. I don't know if I told you this, but she... We got together, and one of the things she always said she wanted to do when we got together was she said, I want to spend at least six months in Italy at some point. So a couple of years ago, you know, it was like, Daisy, you've saved up this money. Just you go. I can't go. Chris, I want to go. I can't go. I can't take six months. Not now. You know, I can't. I can't go. Stop waiting for me. Go. Right? So she plans this great trip. She ends up going to Italy for and, and Portugal and Spain's an amazing trip, right? Uh but just before she goes, she's getting ready to go. And I go, now, Daisy, you do realize that after you've taken this trip, every single promise that I made you when we got married, I will have kept, right? And she looked at me and she said, huh, then why should I come back? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I, now, see, you laugh at that. <laughs> Maybe it's just not the right environment, but I've told, and when I tell an audience that, the women think she means it. Right. You know, it gets so quiet in there. It's like, wow. You know, so. But she came back. Of course she did. <laughs> so. Have you done, I assume you've done trips to Brazil. Yes. And it's just, a, it's a mess, you know. But they, they can't, it, you know, everyone's upset about the uh, corruption in Brazil. But they're in like I keep telling my wife, you're in the stone age of corruption. You're still hand, actually handing people envelopes with cash in them, you know. Uh-huh. I said we've just bought the entire two party system. Yeah, right. No, and you don't need envelopes of cash anymore. Although there was the great photo today of Mnuchin, Mnuchin, oh. Mnuchin. Didn't you see the photo of Mnuchin? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Well, you know about his socialite wife. Yes. Right? Yes, spending oh. all the money on the uh, shopping sprees and uh, private jets and whatnot. It was a picture of him whatnot. standing in front of a newly newly printed and wrapped the first currency with his signature on it, with her, with her white, with her Oh, black, she's holding a case of money or something? Holding up the sh- a sheet of newly I did printed see money with his signature that. on it. And that, 
That poor bastard is the most whipped look on his face of any man I've seen in my entire <laughs> life. You know? I mean, you know, he took her to Fort Knox to watch the eclipse on a private jet. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that is whipped. Uh-huh. You know? And she knows it. Yeah. <laughs> The, I can't. I can't argue with that. Not, not at all. Of all this, I know it's funny, isn't it? I just looked that second photo. I went, "This guy's whipped." Uh-huh. This is unbelievable that he would let that he doesn't realize he's the secretary of his of the treasury, and his wife is using him as a photo op. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that's great. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Are you? Um, I assume the people that are coming to your shows this week get to see you. You're still doing the big finale on stage yes, here? Yes, I am. Good. And it's been surprisingly good the last couple of nights. I don't know Why where do you say that? Because it's really hard, and it's a tiny little stage. And I've, I've got this uh, Deputrin's contracture on my right hand, which means that uh, several generations ago uh, a relative was raped by a Viking. It's Scandinavian blood of some kind. What? Some genetic thing here, this contractor. So, but I've been, I've, I've had great balls. I've had phenomenal balls the last couple of nights. So, been very locked in. And the audience deserved it because I was, I was trying some new things. You know, you come early in the week, try some, and it was hit or miss. And then last night's audience was, uh, again, they weren't, you know, cruising the mall in Gadsden creepy, but they were, they were a little creeped out about things. They just were not a great comfort level. Sure, sure. So, uh, and I'm not blaming the audience. They were a good audience. They had, but but when that happens, when you, you know, have had some disagreements with your, <laughs> then the shiny objects are like, kind of, you know, it's a peace offering. It's like a, <laughs> this is, you know, here's this wonderful finale, and you're gonna love that. And they did. Yeah. And they, you know, the audience is here. You've heard enough comics talk about it. They'll let you try things that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won't laugh for no reason. Right. Right, you know, but they will let you try things, and they won't not laugh for no reason either. Yeah. So, do you have any? I saw that uh, Charles Manson is on his deathbed. Do you have any Charles Manson jokes you you whip out? Um, I used to have some Ed Gein material. Uh, Change the name. But uh, but that was about it. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, you know who Gein was? Uh huh. Of course you do, because it's this part of the country. Yeah. Um. And the joke was. Uh, that uh, he wasn't wasteful. He made everything from lampshades and chairs to what could only be described as seductive leather evening wear. <laughs> so the real question is whether he's to be considered a psychotic killer or merely an artist working in an unpopular medium. <laughs> <laughs> so has always been one of my favorite jokes, the artist in an unpopular medium. <laughs> It's good use of words, um, but right no, there. Man, never, never had any Manson jokes. Yeah, uh, Joan Didion, however, read the White Album. That's read the essay, the White Album. It's about, it's the best essay about, um, the change from the, you know, from the Flower Children to the Manson family. Oh wow! Okay, and what that did to a sort of end an era. Sure, great piece of writing. Okay, okay. Let me look through my notes here. What else did I want to talk to you about? Is there anything else we should be mentioning here? Uh, I'm sure you have a strong opinion on Blake Shelton being named People's Sexiest Man Alive. 
The only word in that category that matters is alive. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, if, if they chose, I mean, that's the one that really, really matters. And I would just like to uh, remind Blake that uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. won that same award. So don't go taking your plane out too soon to celebrate. <laughs> Was that wrong? Is that too? Was I, I, no, that's funny. No, all right. I didn't know. I was just. No, that's good. He did. He won the sexiest man alive. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, he wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you? Uh, I, I, one other question I want to ask. So normally, you know, in the past, I think you've. This is like the. This might be your sixth appearance on this podcast, and at least three of those was with Josh. And yeah, nor, yeah. you know, in the past, you guys would kind of uh, you know shared the stage here. Who uh, who brought that up to who this year to make a change? Because he was just here a few weeks ago. Um, we always talk about it because it's a totally different experience, and it's the only club either one of us really works for a full week mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. Yeah. So if it's your only club week, um, doing it together is something that we love and is a lot of fun. But if it's your, but if you can do it by yourself, it's a total. I mean. You know, so it's like uh, I think Josh brought it up. He said, "You know, I'd really kind of like to just do the stand-up, you know, and have it be my stage for a week." And I said, "Terrific!" Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. I think he self-identifies more as a comedian than I do, uh, but I I uh, self-identify as somebody who refuses to self-identify. That's 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 how I do it. I certainly never self-identified as a juggler. I was kind of embarrassed about that, right? You know, yeah. I mean, uh, it's because it was hokey, uh, uh, highly qualified hokey, arty hokey, hokey art, <laughs> hoke art. That's what it was. Hoke art. I'm a hoke artist. Uh, I want that on a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but uh, you know, do you self-identify as any? group or i mean i i'm i i'm too uh i think it's because i watched kung fu when i was a kid and you know at the end of that mm. show he would always walk off the path by himself into the grass and uh i went yeah that that's hip you know walking where nobody else wants to fucking go near you so anyway i like that well uh, uh i i was trying to figure out because I think I'm my 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 really liberal friends who are I guess orthodox liberals at this point I don't know they don't think I'm liberal but but my conservative friends think I'm a communist so I'm probably you know moderate to liberal sure, somewhere, somewhere on that in scale there. you can only triangulate <laughs> but again I I was actually I was born here's how I know I was born a liberal you know who my childhood hero was Robin Hood oh. And it was either the tights or the stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, and I choose the latter. <laughs> could have been a little of both. Perfect. Could have been. Could have been just the the uh, Sherwood Forest Green. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> but uh, perfect. But, but I mean, that was my hero. It wasn't I, cowboys and Indians made no sense to me? Firemen, cops, no. But the guy who hung out in the forest and you know, I like that. A crusader for justice, so there you go. In tights. In tights, yes, I guess, in tights, yeah. Yeah, and there could be, yeah, I mean, maybe I felt a little, uh, you know, alienated too and uh, needed needed an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. I guess at that point he was an anti-hero because mm-hmm. he was in tights. Yeah, absolutely. But he could shoot, couldn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a perfect place to stop. Chris, uh, thank you for coming down on a Thursday afternoon and doing this again. 
and now you can uh, finish, finish your my meal. cold food. I don't know why at. I asked for it in the middle. You know why? Because I wanted to have a five-minute coughing fit, <laughs> you know, that you could just put white noise over. Sure. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thank you, Doc.